I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. From Barangaroo Studios, the AusBiz COV is the key stuff you need to know about the day in business and finance. Well... Hello, hello. This is the COB on the 19th of January, 2023. That rhymed. I'm Nadine Blaney here with Kyle Rutter. How are you? Uh, very good. You're a woman of many talents. <laughs> yeah. yeah, hidden talents. <laughs> um, today, let's talk about the day, shall we? Let's talk about this finish. I know you just got off air, mm. uh, but just for those of you who might not be in the know listening to this podcast, it was a positive session up by close to six tenths of a percent, 7,435. Kyle, I think it was options expiry date. Do you think that had anything to do with it? Well, perhaps. I mean, um, I, I, I'm not too sure. But like, I mean, if you do see where the, the market took off from, it was that jobs reported at 1130. So um, maybe there might have been an element there of, of options trading sort of exacerbating uh, moves. But if you, you sort of do look at the price action um, during the day, 1130 stocks take off. Uh, we saw the front end of the yield curve rally quite considerably. The Aussie popped as well. And I guess the debate is if that there's any kind of, I guess, staying power behind that because the numbers were weaker than expected. Um, not ridiculously weak. We've still got an incredibly tight labor market. But it would seem, at least again, if you just judged on the surface of the price action, markets are pricing out the possibility, the probability of an RBA hiking again in February. Really? I yep. mean, that seems pretty uh, knee-jerk, right? Because mm. we do still have the jobless rate near five decade low. So yes, yeah. net employment fell 14,600 in December from November, but it, you know, surged by revised 58,200 in November. So yeah, missing those forecasts for an increase, but still we did see, yeah, I mean, it's still a strong jobs report. The unemployment rate is at three and a half percent. Yeah. And I was talking I, to Stephen Miller this afternoon about it and he said it shouldn't change anything. And again, I suppose you could pin it on um, other sort of technical um dynamics but uh, uh, the move in the yield curve really was quite remarkable mm -hmm. after after the um the the um report was released the three-year dropped by 18 basis points yeah well i mean it reminds me of a conversation i had with john Lycos mm -hmm. earlier today from bond advisor because of course we saw u.s treasury yields retreat yes in new york uh, last night, that's despite some pretty bad economic data in the terms of retail sales and uh, production and, and all the rest of it that we've been reporting on today. But it's like he said that there's sort of a Mexican standoff going on right now between bond markets and the Fed mm. for him as an investor. I mean, he's not willing to bet on the Fed or bet against it really at this time. But uh, bond markets are trying to tell uh, these Fed members, that uh, they will pivot, but the Fed members keep telling us that they are not for turning. No, it, it is a Mexican standoff though, isn't it? And it's sort of mind games because the second they do say that that's a, an option on the table, it's only going to exacerbate things. So I guess even if they don't intend to necessarily, um, you know, stick to, to, to that word, they, you know, or stick to that 
course, you know, they keep telling us they're data dependent, which, you know, as we've spoken about a million times, you know, whenever it is a central bank not data dependent, they wouldn't be doing their job if they weren't data dependent. So it's almost redundant. But, um, you know, the Eurodollar futures curve has got the December contract at, I think, 4.65% or something. So that's more or less that the Fed will get rates above five and then cut, you know, almost perhaps twice by December at least once. So that that is, like you said, um, the, the standoff. Um, I guess, yeah, that data last night was seized upon perhaps in some way that, things that, that that would justify things although we did see equities obviously off on wall street i did have a really good conversation to start the 10 o'clock with alistair mcleod from wheelhouse partners and he is really keeping his eye on the housing market as the canary in the coal mine for recession in the u.s and uh, you'll have to listen to that interview in full uh, if it's not in the show notes you can find it online but yeah just uh, watching housing he reckons it is all systems go for a recession in the United States. So that earnings downgrade is coming. Mm. Um, also, incidentally, in that interview, he gives you a defensive uh, way to invest in a quality company here in Australia. I'm not going to give it away. It's not my job to tell you everything. You got to go find <laughs> it yourselves. But my point was tonight we get data in the U.S. on housing starts, on building permits, we get the Philadelphia Fed Manufacturing Index. We get the regular jobless claims that always comes to us on a Thursday. But again, we've got Vice Chair of the U.S. Fed, Lael Branyard, speaking. So it'll be really interesting to hear what she has to say tonight. And just while we're there, just while we're still overseas, and I mentioned earnings downgrades, we do have U.S. earnings season you know, ongoing, yep. and we get more of a meaty sort of name out tonight in terms of Netflix. Yeah, the tech names start to, to filter through. Um, you don't get the really the, the big, big ones for another two weeks, but it'll come out. And yeah, we always talk about we like to highlight Netflix. Not and I guess in the past I have just because it's been a punter's favorite um, for, for for share traders. Um, but you do get to to sort of dig into some interesting themes there around consumer preferences. Um, Oh, man, I, they're struggling to retain me at the moment with the content they're producing. Mm-hmm. Um, and apparently, they're going to be spending a lot of money in the last quarter on producing new content for, for this year. Um, but also looking at sort of how their new pricing model is affecting their sales too. So, a few things, you know, macro and micro that you can kind of infer from uh, from that report tomorrow morning. Yeah. And also the fact that it was punished last year on market. But this year, retail investors are throwing their weight behind Netflix. It had a bit of a strategic Mm. update coming through in November. And so, yeah, we'll see if the proof is in the pudding or if that enthusiasm toward Netflix over some of the other listed streaming services has been misplaced. Okay, so we we covered off jobs now. We've taken a tour around the United States. It will still be data. It will still be fed through the overnight period and U.S. earnings. Let's get back to today here locally, Carl, can Mm. we? Um, Because we had some really big stock moves. I'll mention this one off the top, City Chic, up by 42%, had uh, a high-profile investor buying shares. Not in a, you know, he's not taking a stake in the company or 20%, you know, but um, that was enough to get, yeah, people jumping on the bandwagon, 42% higher by the end of the session. Uh, look, that was the stock of the day on the call. I spoke with Grady Wolf from Bell Direct and... Uh, Brody uh, joined us from Macro Capital. Capital. Brody Harold, yeah, Brody Harold yep. from Macro Capital, and um, here, well, here's what they had to say, and I don't know if it's in this clip, but they both gave me a bonus buy in the retail space. This is a full episode you want to watch or listen to, but just hear what they had to say about this stock of the day. 
this is probably one I'm just going to let yeah go through to the keeper at the moment. I think it's probably more so speculation than investing. Um, obviously, Brett Blundy um, getting behind the company as a substantial owner, um, but it's a little bit like trying to sort of catch the falling knife, I think, with this one. Um, so, look, I've talked about entering the retail space. Um, there is some good valuations in that space. I don't necessarily think this is one I'm going to jump all over. Um, I'd rather something a little bit more defensive um, with more stable earnings as well. So I'll probably have to give that one a sell. Um, it's a hold from me. So UBS, Macquarie and City all have a hold. I have a hold on it. Um, a tough 2022. Shares are down 86% as we said. Um, up 12.5% and 25% on the news of Blundy. Blundy is great. Um, as Brody said, it is speculative news. He only holds a 7.3% stake of the company. He's not a major share. Like he's one of the shareholders, but has not a controlling stake in the company. Um, he has experience in La Visa, Bras and Things and Honey Burdette. Bras and Things Honey Burnett are both um, underwear brands and La Visa is fashion jewellery. So he hasn't got experience in the city cheap kind of really niche market that it is, plus size clothing. Um, and I much prefer the likes of Best and Less. Okay, so that is a not being put to the investment committee, but they both gave you a retailer in there. If you listen to the full episode that they would prefer to invest in. But yeah, they said there's a lot of a lot of buying on just very specky news out there. Um, one of the better performers today was Nanasonics as well. We're starting to get these trading updates coming ahead yeah. of reporting season. Nanasonics was one, Kyle, up by about six, uh, yes, well, close to 7% actually. And Viva Energy performed well, up by 5%, talking about refining margins and retail volumes up 4% on year. Other than that, it was very much a... A miners story, wasn't it? Well, the BHP? materials, yeah, the materials were up um, quite significantly. And I just um, wanted to add a, a little bit of an aside too when it comes to that discretionary conversation because they gave, you know, two terrific stock picks. But I've been keeping an eye on the year-to-date performance. No, you know, we're only three weeks into the year, of course, but materials, you know, we've got that China story there. Everyone's suggesting that maybe that's going to be able to carry us through again this year. But what one thing we've been speaking about a lot is the pressures households are going to face this year, mm -hmm. but discretionary stocks up 8.73% since the start of the year, the materials up 8.74%. So really quite remarkable. It's very interesting. Um, I've had this conversation in context of the small caps as well. So commodities have been doing really well. They now make up, you know, I think it was, oh, I don't want to misquote, but, you know, a significant part of the outperformance of the all ors, but also retailers. Like we've had this week, super retail, we've had... Yeah. I know it's not small, but we've had JB Hi-Fi. Um, Baby Bunting was a big disappointment in its trading update this week. But again, if you're looking for ways to add, um, you know, some, some well, what many people believe are quality stocks at a more reasonable price, I think that might be what ha what's happening with the retail space because so many of them have been so uh, beaten down and sold off toward the end of 2022. So, yeah, Um Interesting, Alchem, it's got a few brokers out today. It did well. It was also featured on the call. It was a fun episode, uh, up by 3.5%. So there were quite a few uh, winners today. Of course, there's always the other end of the spectrum, net wealth. The broker's out in the wake of Hub24's update, impacting its share price down by 10%. And we did see uh, Illumina getting beaten up today, but that was in response to an update coming from its joint venture partner, Alcoa. So some saying that uh, poor Illumina is being smacked around a little bit, not 
really deservedly, but we did have Alcoa's fourth quarter results on Wednesday, disappointing, um, forecasting lower alumina shipments in 2023. So yeah, even though, like some people might question why we talk about U.S. earnings, um, obviously a lot of our viewers are invested in U.S. equities, but it you know there are reverberations for markets, uh, for companies, and also you know really importantly, Kyle, sentiment. Yeah, trading dynamics, themes. I mean, those sorts of things. This, the narrative really drives so much of short-term price action, anyway. Um, and you know, it can obviously open up some dislocations there. So. Um, but like you said, a lot of really good conversations uh, today around the uh, fundamentals of the Australian market. I had a really good one actually with Fraser McLeod that I wouldn't mind pointing people to because he gave three, three high conviction stock picks as well. And sort of across the gamut of, um, I guess, industrials and, and material uh, industrials and material stocks in particular. Cool. Did you speak with Luke Laird of today? I didn't. I missed out on Luke. Oh. Normally he's in my afternoon slot, but someone uh, mischievously stole him from <laughs> me. Um, and, you know uh, where to so look so in the newsroom, and it's not at me. Yes, no, no. Okay. Um, well, I do know that Luke Laird of usually gives a few stock picks, and he, he is and in the COB newsletter mm. today, so neither one of us will be able to enlighten you. I mean, we watch most of the programming throughout the day. Trust me, it's it's on. Yeah, we it, love it. But, you know, every once in a while, Kyle's got to get up and get some lunch and yeah every once in a while i leave the newsroom just to <laughs> i don't know i'm not gonna tell you what i gotta do but you know i leave the newsroom sometimes take it, take it so yeah i didn't hear that i don't know where i'm going with that but i missed that luke laird of interview so i will be watching that that's a good one. via the show notes um yeah uh overseas uh well we sort of touched upon what we're expecting in terms of data we continue to keep an eye trained on china um but it was pretty strong around the region today i mean um chinese markets outperformed uh those in japan outperformed the smaller end of the market here but yeah i'm pretty impressed by the by the performance that this local market did put in today yeah definitely and uh, another piece of trivia for you uh 52 weeks we're up by 1.4 percent Really? How's about that? And I think we're up on the week by more than, or about 1.6, are we so far? Let me have a look at my trust. We're on Thursday already. 3.34%. And in fact, I had a chat, like it was a pre-record with Tim Edwards from S&P Global, gave us a a little bit of trivia, I suppose, too, is that we're not far away from the best January for the ASX 200 since 1994. Um, We're about at 1%. In fact, it'd be less than 1% away from that now. So we've really stormed out of the gates. I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing, but um, certainly it's, uh, it's better than where we came from last. Yeah, well, I I now feel vindicated in asking my bull, are you a bull or are you a bear uh, Mm. topic? And look, I've got something a little bit up my sleeve for our viewers. I'm just can't can't let it all out yet. But yeah, this bull versus bear theme, we're going to nut it out in a little bit more detail at a later date. So yeah, um, look, we've got Chinese Lunar New Year holidays sort of looming. Um, So trading volumes there sliding ahead of that holiday. it still feels a little bit holiday-ish, don't you think, out there? Yeah, it, it does a little bit. Oh, it's starting to pick up, though. Oh, no, horrible weather in Sydney here. today. It's yeah. uh, you know all excuses to come into the office. But, um, yeah, it's certainly starting to pick up. All right. And, um, yeah, it's just the jobs data popped in my mind. Interesting that markets are pricing out a move from the RBA because that's just around the corner now, too. You know, yeah, two weeks. Yeah, two weeks. Well, so we'll get all that. of that uh, in the same week, in fact, that we'll get one-fifth of the S&P 500 reporting and the first Fed meeting of the year. So we'll all be building up to that first first week of Feb, I think. Looking forward to that, Me Kyle. Too. I'm looking forward to Going home. you know, getting on the bus and making my way home in this rainy weather. Yeah, good idea. Kind on of. <laughs> okay, see ya. Bye.
That's the sound of another sale on Shopify. In store. Shopify POS is everything you need to sell in person. From payments to inventory, Shopify unites your sales into one commerce platform. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash retail 23. Shopify.com slash retail 23.